Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. Capella University's game-changing FlexPath format helps you learn at your own pace and fit earning a degree into your life. From before you enroll to after you graduate, you'll be supported by people who are invested in your success so you can pursue your goals knowing that help is available if you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. So in order to support our show, we need the help of some great advertisers. And we want to make sure those advertisers are ones you'll actually want to pay attention to and hear about. But we need to learn a little more about you to make that happen. And I would love to learn more about the audience. So go to PodSurvey, that's P-O-D-S-U-R-V-E-Y, PodSurvey.com slash James, and take a quick totally anonymous survey that will help us get to know you better. That way we can bring on advertisers and and even content that you won't want to skip. So once you've completed the quick survey, you can enter for a chance to win a $100 Amazon gift card. Terms and conditions apply. Again, that's podsurvey.com slash James, J-A-M-E-S. Thanks for your help. This isn't your average business podcast, and he's not your average host. This is the James Altucher Show on the Choose Yourself Network. Today on the James Altucher Show. I realized there's something there. When you commit to something every single day, you really improve a lot more than if you did it once a month or once a year. So when you first started this, you quit your job. Did you really think you would stick to the thousand days? No, when I started this, I wanted to do this for 30 days Mm -hmm. because I thought a thousand days is crazy. I thought it was impossible. Uh, And I only wanted to travel for 30 or 60 days, something like that. Um, But I think after a while, I realized there's something there. And so I was seeing this improvement in in, in my ability to tell a story. And I was like, why quit? This is the most fun I've had forever. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. So... How, how did you find Nas Daily, by the way? Hmm? How did you find it? Find Nas, Nas Daily? Daily? Yeah. I was just, I would just be scrolling on Facebook and it would just show up. Uh, this was like years ago. Wow. And, and I'm like, oh, this is getting more and more popular. And I started watching the videos. Oh, wow. That's crazy. They, they I didn't know you were one of the followers. Yeah, yeah. I'd be a little bit more nervous making them. It's <laughs> like, shit, no, James no, is going to no. see this. And, and then I would see a lot of people who I was friends with were also following and sharing. Insane. So uh, they were great, great videos. Thank you, man. And then, and then last night I had a chance to kind of review them, you know, because I don't remember everything from 2017, 2018. But I was, in, it was interesting then seeing them so many at once, the evolution. But we'll we'll talk about that. Perfect. So so excited to have Nas from Nas Daily. Uh, we're just, starting. We're starting. We started. Uh, just just as a little bit of an intro. Uh, Nas started making, uh, first off, you had uh, a great life, great job uh, as a software programmer for Venmo in New York City. You were making a ton of money. Do you use Venmo? Uh, I do, actually. Okay. Not it, Square? Uh, no, I don't I don't think I've ever used Square. I've only used Venmo. Love it. And and I use Facebook Pay, which took for a small amount. Oh, that's so, interesting. So, so... <laughs> Uh, but you decided you wanted to break out of your comfort zone. You were too comfortable. You started making a, you started traveling around the world, making 
a roughly one minute video every single day for a thousand days. And there's a lesson also in the consistency. Like you, you did not skip a day. I don't believe you skipped a no, single day. Never. And there's even one video where you're in the middle of the Amazon. Yes. You, you couldn't get a signal. And you're just like, where I think you must have traveled like a thousand miles just to post that one video before the end of the day. It was like 50, but yeah. But we went from a boat to a, a bus yes, to yes. this to that. Like, you remember that video? Insane. Yeah. Thank you, man. So, but no, it's but that video was an important part of the art. There's several fascinating things here. There's the there's your story, which is the story of those thousand days from beginning to end. Then there's the the way you found a story in each video. It's not like you went to any place and say, oh, here's the flowers on Easter Island. Aren't they beautiful? <laughs> That's my video of the day. You went out and sought a story. You like grabbed a story each right. day, which is right. very hard to do. And, and you know, I don't know. There's just so many. So the thing about the signal was that's part of your story to show how this consistency is is part of what makes this series so extraordinary. Like you, you figure in every story, you take something ordinary and you turn it into something extraordinary. So you had a good life, but you felt it was ordinary for your own reasons. And you, you took the challenge into the extraordinary and started making these thousand videos. Now, 14 million followers later, Four and a half billion views later, it's it's one of the most popular things on the internet. You've created a media company around it. You've 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 made money off of it. You you've you've really created your own TV show that's more popular than any other TV show. Like if you think about it, if you think about the most popular TV shows, they don't get twenty eight million. Yeah, viewers. But they have a lot more prestige. They, yeah, what do you think that is? And we'll, we'll get to your story. Because what? not all viewers are created equal, mm -hmm. and that's a problem in the world. If you have if you have one viewer in Malaysia, for example, it, it in the world today it is not considered as equal as one viewer in in New York. So so someone who's watching, and I'm not making fun of this, but someone who's watching Keeping Up with the Kardashians, that's not equal to, you know, like let's say that has a million people view it, which right. is a t that's the top reality show, and you have is 20 that the top reality? That's it. Um, no, I mean, I think there's some of the some of the financial reality shows like The Prophet with Marcus Lomanis is oh. gets a lot, but uh, and that's a high end demographic too. So yes. that's why I picked this one. But um, but you're saying your 28 million views on I don't know there was a recent video that North got Korea. 28 million views North Korea. Uh, I know there was another one that got 28 million views. Oh, there's the one that got 18 million views with um, the guy who was in the airport. Oh uh, yes, yes, the airport prisoner. Yeah, yeah. in so, Malaysia. In Malaysia, yeah. Yeah, uh, that's a great story. We'll get to that one. But uh, you're saying those 18 million viewers are not equal to like 100,000 viewers on the average no. cable TV show? In the world that we live in right now, they are not. Mm -hmm. And that's disgusting. I hate that, but I understand it. It's like one is it's, it's you don't make as much money from those 18 million viewers in, in, in around the world as, as much as you would from 100,000 people in New York. And um, and because there's more money in those hundred thousand people, more attention goes to them. That's simply the way the world works. Um, and so I kind of the whole point of Nas Daily was a push against that. Like if you view everybody actually equally, like if you view a Filipino viewer to be equal to an Icelandic viewer, obviously we get more excited if we see someone from Iceland because we don't have that many followers in Iceland. Um, but if you actually view them as equal and tell their story equally. Uh, then you uncover the most amazing stories that you wouldn't otherwise be able to uncover. You know how many fucking... Can I curse? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Curse you know how many fucking videos... <laughs> 
were made about Paris and about uh, the tower and you know about you know New York's Empire State. Oh my goodness. It's like you grow up with this stuff. And yeah. what about the videos that are made in Nigeria? Who the hell watches those? What about the videos in Sri Lanka, in Malaysia? Like th not the same amount exists. And I, why is that? Well, well, you know, and it's fascinating because, well, on the one hand, your videos are in English. So to some extent, you're filtering a little bit for Not English. anymore. Not anymore. I, as, of, as of four months ago, I started uh, translating them. So oh, now I we didn't... have Nas Daily Arabic, Nas Daily ah. Vietnamese, Nas Daily uh, Chinese, Nas Daily everything. And, and that's also getting more and more uh, exposure. And you figure in a world where um, all these third world countries are kind of having economic development, those viewers will be as valuable. So you're kind of positioning yourself to be a media empire once the world once is I'm fully done. global. <laughs> um, well, it wasn't. It wasn't part of the strategy. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not that good of a businessman. Uh, just ask my I, friends. I, no, I don't <laughs> believe it. I'm going to ask your friends. Is he a good businessman? <laughs> That's okay. It was Thank never that. it was never my strategy. I actually hate business, but it's just you kind of default into it sometimes. Yeah, I guess I got lucked into it, and this is maybe in twenty years the my audience uh, across the world will be monetizable, and and that strategy is the same as YouTube's and Facebook's strategy. That's why a lot of their user base now is coming from from developing countries. So our user base sort of reflects the Facebook user base. Wherever Facebook is big and English is big, Nas Daily is big. If Facebook is not big, Nas Daily is not big. That's why we don't exist in China. That's why in Thailand, we're not big either. Because even though there's Facebook, there's just not enough English proficiency mm. uh, to warrant Nas Daily. And this is why Nas Daily is big in Singapore, Facebook and English. Mm. Uh, so it's, it's a very easy way to sort of understand where your audience is going to come from based on the platform you're in. So I want to I wanna reel back to the beginning. But first, I'm going to start with the end where on January 5th of this past year, 2019, you hit your thousandth day yeah. and true to your commitment to do a thousand days, you stopped. Were you afraid the day after that? Like, did you go into, oh my God, this is the worst podcast pick mistake. It where, pick it up. Uh, I'm going to pick up this phone. Pick it up, it'd be funny. Yeah, that would be funny. Um, <laughs> I've done that on stage before, but I'm not going to do it now. Uh were you the day after? Did you go into like withdrawal? Did you have like the DTs? Were you, you like, what do I do? I don't take a video of anything. Wow, man. and now I know you've done a video per week. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's so hard. It's uh, uh, the thousand day commitment. Um, but granted, I you know I didn't commit to anything like this before I started this journey. Um, and I remember when I started this, and when it became like important in my life, I called my mom and I told her, you know, if you die. I still have to make a video. Is that okay? <laughs> and she said, it's okay. And I said that to my dad. And so we agreed with my parents and my friends and my girlfriend that I'll have to make like 10 videos about them, um, about you know how much I love them, how much I miss them. But I still have to make a video. That's how important this commitment is, that even death doesn't separate me from completing it. And even if I died, you know, there were some contingency plans to make sure something is uploaded. So that how? We, well, ideally, uh, you know, my girlfriend and my friend, they do something. Yeah. But I, I, I don't know Take if I would approve of the videos. But <laughs> well, you're dead. You have no choice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They'll change the whole strategy of it to focus on animals and music. <laughs> so, so you were, you were uh, in, in, you know, 
whatever it was, 1,200 days ago, you were sitting in your office in your little cubicle in Venmo in New York. And open space, man. It's a startup. Everybody's o- there. Open, open space. space you you know? had a ping pong table. Yeah, and yeah. Food, lunch. And, and uh, <laughs> you were doing your little software. Oh, he's going to pay $5. How do we do the transaction fee? It's too big. Uh, there is no transaction fee. That's why you use Venmo. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's why I use it. I forget. I don't know why I do anything. But... Uh, so, so then you decided, oh, this is, I'm making a lot of money, having a lot of friends in the best city in the world, too comfortable. <laughs> and, and you did a little test. To be fair, you did a test. You did around the world Rubik's Cube. You had, um, went to all these places. Everybody did one movement of a Rubik's Cube. You're a Rubik's Cube expert and you solved the Rubik's Cube in whatever, 19 countries or 19 days. And that was like your little test. You made a video that right. got uh, several hundred thousand views. Yeah. And you knew that this was viable. Was that your test or you didn't know? Yeah, that was a year ago. Uh, we just, I just created this video for my travels and I put it on YouTube out of all places. And, and for some reason, it just, it, it had a long lasting effect. Like people still talked about it after a year. People still viewed it. It still made people happy. And I was like, that is interesting because everything I'm doing right now has a short lasting effect. I'm going to forget about it in a day. In fact, in an hour. <laughs> in fact, I didn't even know what I was working on. And so, and so that I wanted to do something that has a long lasting effect. And to me, I was like, if that worked out, I'm pretty much, pretty much, I'm pretty sure I can make it work again. But the problem is, there's no way I can top that. Like, there's no way. Like, you, and you know, your next book always has to be better than your first, right? Your your second has to be better than the first. Third has to be better than the second. And that's the problem with not having a commitment: is that my next video has to be better than that video, and it's impossible. So I didn't make any videos. Then you have to have this mind shift of like, screw this, just jump from the deep end of the pool. And just make a video every single day, even if it's bad, even if it's imperfect, even if it's shitty, you have to put it out there for people to see. And because of this mindset, I was able to improve and make even better videos than the first one I tried. And I think, you know, it's really interesting. I think a lot of people are afraid to put out, when they make this kind of commitment, they're afraid to put out a bad video because they're afraid oh, one bad video, my entire audience is going to leave me. Yes. But I think part of what you do, what happens when you put out bad work is that you get kind of um, uh, invulnerable. to yes. like You start to realize the benefits of, okay, now I could learn why this was bad. Now I could learn why people didn't respond. And, and that's how you exactly. improve. Uh, you do videos about that, about failure. Exactly, exactly. Someone told me this. Do you, do you watch baseball? No, not really. Oh, wow. Interesting. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Steve Cohen, the podcast yeah. producer, watches every ba- baseball game <laughs> in, since, since, the, since Ty Cobb was playing baseball. Right. Ty Cobb. I was going to mention Ty Cobb and Babe Ruth. So I don't watch baseball at all. But someone told me that even Ty Cobb and Babe Ruth, the legend, the gods of, of baseball, and like their bat rate is what? 36%, right? 0. Yeah. 36. Less than that, probably. 34%. So literally, the god of baseball hits 34% of the time and misses you know, 66% of the time. Yeah. I mean, that's insane. Do you want your doctor to miss 66% of the time? You definitely don't. And so why do we think of them as gods? Because we remember them for their amazing home runs, but we forget every bad hit that they did. And it's just same, same, same uh, strategy. You're going to forget every single bad video that I made. You're only going to remember the good ones. Yeah. And that's it. All I need is two good ones. Yeah, that's really true. And I've heard that... Um heard that once from another guest. Do you know, um, he's a YouTube rapper, Mac Lethal? 
No. And um, so he he does these amazing, really fast raps that he writes. And he was telling me he was, just, he was disappointed in the last one. And I'm like, oh, does that really throw you off? And he said, no. And he said the exact same thing you did, which is that nobody ever remembers the bad ones. They only remember the yeah. next time you do a good one. Yeah. So exactly. it's the same thing. So so okay, you started off day one, and there was there's such a difference between day one and I think starting around day. I mean, I mean, actually, you can't really say starting because it was an evolution all along. But at some point, you become a lot more emotive. Like you really start to become very expressive, very much a character right. in in your videos, uh, and and you really. Uh, have a get a really great eye for finding stories everywhere. I mean, that must have been a challenge too. Like you get into a country and you're probably anxious. Like, where am I going to find the story? Where am I going to find the story? Yeah. Like, what did you? What did your day look like? Because I know every one minute video took you six hours to to edit, shoot, whatever. Yeah. Like, what what did the day look like? So, so this is a good question. So, when you go to a new country, you are a tourist. You're no more than that. So, you, I know nothing about the country. When I came to Singapore, I knew nothing about that place. And so one strategy that worked for us is I just make a post saying, hi, Singapore, I'm going to be at this place at this time. Come say hi. And then some countries, 10 people show up. Other countries, 2,000 people show up. It really depends on the country and how much they care about you and about your following. Okay, let's say you get 100 people that showed up. Then you literally ask 100 locals, what is interesting about your country? What can I see here that I cannot see anywhere else in the world? And then people say the usuals, right? Oh, make a video about our food. It's delicious. I was like, I hate that. I don't want to make that video. Make a video about our diversity. Every country is diverse. Make a video about our building. Nobody cares, you know? And so the admission rate to make it into a story in Nas Daily, I think is like lower than Harvard's. You know, it's like, it's like 1% or so of the ideas that we hear that ends up becoming a video because we've developed an eye for what is interesting and what is uh, what is relatable and what is simply just like a dead body. And so, uh, so, so really filtering through these stories is very, very, very important. And sometimes we take a risk. We say, I don't know how this video is gonna do, but I love it. And then sometimes it does great. Sometimes it does terrible. What was a video where you uh, didn't think it was going to do so well, but ended up doing surprisingly, amazingly well. Well, I'm going to have to throw. Uh, I'm going to have to throw my friend under the bus here. But there was a <laughs> there was a video in Peru about a guy who uh, <laughs> cleaned the lake. Like this Japanese scientist in Peru. He's Japanese Peruvian. He's like, you know, I've developed a formula, and then I, I put this formula in my childhood lake, and my lake went from ugly to beautiful. And then we almost didn't make that video. I, For me, it was like a plan B. And for my friend, after we heard the story of it, Egan was like, uh, yeah, yeah, it's boring. And then we made that video. And and now that video is the number one video in all of Nas Daily's history. Really? How many views is that one 150 get? million views. Oh my gosh. <laughs> what do you think is, have you ever figured out why that would get 150 million views? No. Why do people care about lakes? I grew up in the Middle East. We don't have lakes. Okay, we have just sand. But maybe so, people are so concerned about like clean water as a problem around the earth that this became like this test maybe. video of how it could be solved. But we made other videos about the environment that they didn't do as well as this. So Yeah, what country would you do the video where... Um, Singapore. Uh, the P? Singapore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Like literally you have yourself drinking water just like you just did. Literally and it starts that. off like that. And then you show how in Singapore, somebody invented something that cleans the water and you could even take pee and turn it into water. Well, the country itself has no water, mm -hmm. right? So they have to really be creative in order to get water. So part of it is one, they buy it from Malaysia at a discount. <laughs> and the other one is they literally take their pee and their sewage water and they just turn it into real industrial water and drinkable water for reservoirs. And so it's, it's kind of amazing. How many countries do you go to that have pee as their water? Zero, as far as I know. <laughs> Maybe all of them. <laughs> Maybe because they're all using this technology now. Actually, some of them are actually, but they've never been able to tell the story of it. Yeah. So this is part of the reason why we made that video. It's unique. So, so it's almost like for you, what is a story? Like when you see something, what rings in your head? This is a story. First and foremost, do I care about this? That's it. Mm -hmm. That's why we had we made very few videos about music. I'm I'm not musically talented. We made very videos, few videos about food. Except except for Dotan here, you made a video about he's right in the audience. <laughs> yeah, Dotan was playing the piano in the street. Uh, you did a video about this guy who's playing <laughs> travels true. around with his piano. But if you notice, it was less about his music and more about his work. Is 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 yes. his piano? But yes. Um, so really, Nas Daily is not Al Jazeera. I don't have a responsibility to share everybody's story. I haven't made any videos about Hong Kong, for example, like Hong Kong's uh, uh, turmoil right now. I haven't made any videos about, I don't know, the, 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 the Trump presidency, for example. I just want to make videos about things that I care about. It's called Nas Daily. And so if I care about something, I'll, I'll, I'll go to the end of the world to tell that story. Um, and it's, it's nice to have, <laughs> it's nice to have that freedom where you have no obligation to share any story, but just when, a desire. So, so you're taking like clips, you know, various, I mean, you know, maybe a five second video here, a 10 second video there, at least in the editing, it looks like lots of different clips. Well, how do you do the editing? At the end of the day, it must take hours to do the editing. So you have to have the whole story in the can by 5 p.m. so you can do Correct. the editing. That's exactly it, 5 p.m., mm. which is the sunset in most places. Mm. I mean, making videos, first and foremost, teaches you how to be a good weatherman because you need to understand when it's going to rain, when it's going to be sunset, when it's going to be sunrise because you need the light to make the video. So each one-minute video normally takes 10 to 12 hours or so to make five hours to script. So you literally sit, okay, write the words, another five hours to shoot, actually four, four, and another four hours to, to edit at night. Mm. You, you edit at night until 11 p.m., you upload, you wake up at nine and you do the same thing, same thing every single day for a thousand days. So when you first started this, did you really think you would stick to the thousand days? So, so you quit your job. Did everyone say, Nas, you're crazy? <laughs> no, when I started yes, this, sir. I wanted to do this for 30 days mm -hmm. because I thought a thousand days is crazy. I thought it was impossible. Uh, and I only wanted to travel for 30 or 60 days, something like that. Um, but I think after a while, I realized there's something there. When you commit to something every single day, you really improve a lot more than if you did it once a month or once a year. And so I, I was seeing this improvement in, like, in, 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 in my ability to tell a story. And I was like, why quit? This is the most fun I've had forever. And so I continued for another 500 days. And then I said, this is it. Either stop at 500 or stop at 1,000 because it's a round number. We said, let's stop at a thousand. And uh, a thousand days later, here I am talking to you. And then, and then on the first day, you, you go out, I think it was, uh, was it, where, where was your first one? Was it 
Malta? I forget. Or was that the last one? I forget. Yeah, the last the last day, day 1000? Yeah. Was in Malta, yeah. What yeah. was day one? Day one was in New York. And here. Were, you, were you starting to get nervous? Like you just quit your job and like now you're doing this crazy thing? Yes. Uh, day one was, day one was a little bit scary in a way because, you know, when I quit my job at Venmo, thank God for America, the minute you leave, you finish your job with no visa, you got to leave in 24 hours. Okay. <laughs> Which is crazy. So, so I finished on February, uh, on Friday and I, and I, and I left on Saturday, left the country on Saturday. I made a video saying, Hey, I'm starting Nas Daily. I'm going to see you tomorrow in Kenya. And I was, I was going to Kenya because it's a lot more exciting than, than New York for me at that point. Yeah. Um, and then I called my parents on the way to the airport and I said, You quit your job? Yeah, pretty much. I don't make money anymore. <laughs> and um, well, they said, this is a passing phase. You know, you're going to come back after 60 days and you're going to find a job. Hopefully a job that's better and pays more and all that stuff. And every 20 days, they started reminding me that it's time to start looking for a job, start looking for a source of income. Um, but I, you know, I, I thought there's something there. Well, after like 30, 40, 50 days, uh, on the one hand, you're getting the creative satisfaction of doing these videos, watching your audience grow. And, it, and another thing I will say about the persistence and the consistency is that it's, it's not like you do... 30 videos and suddenly you're getting 10 million views. It was it was like hundreds of days hundreds. of watching your audience grow before you could before you probably said to yourself, "Oh, I've I've hit this tipping point of audience." Yes, yes. It took me 270 days exactly. Mm. So, so my first ever like real crazy success uh, was day 270, and then after that, a uh, day 400 or so, or no, day days 500 or so. Um, I started consistently getting a million viewers. And that happened for many reasons. The videos became better, but also my, my, my future plan for a Facebook video paid off. Facebook changed algorithms and all of a sudden, instead of 200,000 viewers per video, I started getting a million viewers per videos overnight. Overnight, because of algorithm change. So every time you hear about algorithm change, it's like publishers dying and people angry and oh my goodness it sucks but for me this was amazing because it showed my video to people like you um, because Facebook recognized that these videos are I guess I don't know worthy worthy of share I don't know why they did it but because that is a message or a value behind it meaningful something meaningful behind it so they showed it to more and more people and what was what was the algorithm change that they started favoring videos that were directly uploaded that were unique to Facebook? That that was one. Another one is called meaningful social interactions. The change was called mean, we want to promote more meaningful social interactions. So what does that mean? You know, videos of you pranking your friends is not meaningful. Videos of you undressing is not meaningful. Uh, videos of you saying tag your three friends on this are not meaningful. Mm -hmm. So, but videos that get you to think, get you to like something, get you to discuss something, write big comments, share it with friends, talk about it, that's meaningful. And so they wanted to put more and more of these videos on Facebook, and I happened to create that kind of content. How would the algorithm know? Just by studying the size of the comments and the shares yes. and, and maybe even the words in the comments? Exactly. That's mm -hmm. exactly how they do it. Yeah. So consistency, how many people come back to your page, like how many people like open your page without seeing a video on your Facebook newsfeed. Uh, how many, what is the length of the comment? Are there replies? Are people replying? Um, so all these different things, nobody really knows, but that's the guess. Hmm. And then, you know, the other thing that seemed to uh, really 
up the engagement on your videos was when you were becoming more and more transparent about who you were because you were right. you were like the host of all these videos and you were talking about yourself and your and your adventures but some but you started to become more and more transparent like for instance started dating Aline who's who's sitting over here and you started talking about your relationship with her not every video but once once in a blue moon like there would be some crazy video like we might break up or <laughs> I don't know, whatever. And, uh, and you both would talk about it. And, uh, and, and that was fascinating. Those would get like 15 million views right there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It, uh, I mean, I was shocked mm -hmm. at how many bad relationships exist in the world <laughs> because everybody started relating to our relationship, which is, you know, it's good to be able to talk about it in general. I'd say, uh, the more you open up, the more people, um, relate. And but in, in that one video in particular that I'm thinking of, I don't know, I forget the title now, but there's even the video where you're saying like, you're like walking and, and you're saying, you're angry. And she's saying, I'm not angry. <laughs> and you're like, you are angry. Yeah. And that's like, people can relate to that because that happens in every relationship, yes. but nobody talks about that. Yes, yes, I, I, I agree. I, I think uh, my girlfriend and I are not the romantic types. And so uh, the less romantic things become, the the more realistic they are. <laughs> that's that's the way we think. Um, and it, you know, you because because our competition is pretty simple. Our competition is like Hollywood love romances, right? Which is pretty standard. You know, it ends up with a kiss and a marriage and a whatever. Um, and like you know, you on your knees or something saying, "Marry me." Um, I don't think this is real life. I think everybody trying to copy Hollywood, but I don't think everybody thinks like that. I think everybody has like. Uh, Everybody is scared of commitment. Everybody doesn't know if this is the right one. Everybody thinks of breaking up every week. Everybody has these fights, but you never, you don't see them enough on the internet or on, 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 on Hollywood. So, so why not show them more on Nas Daily? Yes, it's totally true. Airbnb has changed my life. If anything, they have made my life so much better. Like I used to live in Airbnbs. I, I lived in over a hundred or 200 different Airbnbs over a three-year period. And I loved it. I love, I became a really good guest of Airbnbs and I got to know lots of hosts. So when I initially owned a house, I, of course, the first thing I thought was I'm going to turn my house into an Airbnb because I travel a lot. So why leave my house unused when I can make a side income by letting others Airbnb my house or come to stay in my house as guests and having my own Airbnb or, or being a host for Airbnb has allowed me to do just that. And I've met other hosts. I've actually spoken at Airbnb's host conference. I think it was in 2017. I met so many just nice hosts. It's a great community. And I love, you know, turning my own home into an Airbnb. Like I'm traveling to Austin next month. My home's going to be an Airbnb while I'm away. And I'll stay in an Airbnb. I'd rather stay in like a three story house Airbnb than in one tiny hotel room in, in the middle of Austin during South by Southwest. So listen, while you're away, your home could be an Airbnb. Many people host on Airbnb, but there are people who are just letting their house sit empty, who've never thought about it or didn't realize their space could be an Airbnb. Hosting can easily fit into your lifestyle and is a great way to earn some extra money. So if you have a home, but you're not always at home, then you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much 
at airbnb.com slash host. Daylight savings time is starting up again. Okay, podcast is over. That's all you needed to know. But why do we have uh, daylight savings time? Answer, to give us more daylight from March through November. By setting your clocks forward, it may feel like there are more hours in the day that initial, when we initially start daylight savings. But if you're hiring, it doesn't necessarily help you find qualified candidates for your roles any sooner. There's only one way to do that, ZipRecruiter. And right now you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash James. ZipRecruiter works around the clock to find qualified candidates for you. Once you post your job on ZipRecruiter, they send it to 100 plus job sites so you reach more of the right people. This is such a brilliant idea for a business and ZipRecruiter did it. So ZipRecruiter's smart technology also quickly scans thousands of resumes to identify people whose skills and experience match your job. I've used ZipRecruiter particularly as a potential employee and I still to this day get messages every day. James Aldercher, would you like to apply to be VP of entertainment at NBC or whatever. So there's just nonstop emails. Like I got five or six emails today because of because a year ago I signed up for ZipRecruiter. So spring forward with a new hiring partner, ZipRecruiter, and find top talent sooner. See why four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address to try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash James. Once again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash James. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Hey, listen, men's health is important. Men act all cocky and like they don't need anything. But the reality is, as you get older, there's some things you need. And it often feels like we're too busy to take care of our health problems. Like, I'd rather do anything then go to the doctor or the dentist or the pharmacy or whatever. But now you don't have to waste your time if you use HIMS. HIMS, H-I-M-S, HIMS is changing men's healthcare by providing simple and convenient access to science-backed treatments for erectile dysfunction, hair loss, weight loss, and more. The entire process is 100% online, so you get a new routine of improving your overall health faster. Jay, you listening to all this? Yes, I definitely gonna use him for now. Not on. that you need it. You're you're young and healthy, James. I'm 35. You, you're getting there. You might you might need it. Who knows? But if prescribed, your medication ships directly to you for free and indiscreet packaging. No insurance is needed. You can manage your plan on the Hims app, track progress, and learn more about your conditions and how to treat them from leading medical experts. Start your free online visit today at Hims dot com slash James. Can you imagine that there's a whole section just with my name on it? Hims.com slash James. That's how I how much I am representative of the kind of person who needs hymns. That's H-I-M-S dot com slash James for your personalized treatment options. Hymns.com slash James. Prescriptions require an online consultation with a healthcare provider who will determine if appropriate. Restrictions apply. See hymns.com slash James for details and important safety information. Subscription required. Price varies based on product and subscription plan. Here's the interesting thing about what you just said. So you have a point of view, 
um, which is important, let's say, for for most, not every, but most artistic endeavors. You have a point of view about a variety of, of things. And uh, instead of just saying it to a camera, you say it via a story or real life or whatever, which I think is what makes the story, that what makes the art is bringing, converting a point of view into a story. Right. And I think that's what you do so well throughout these thousand videos. And, and you know, and it just evolved. I don't say it was bad in the beginning and good at the end. It was it was good in the beginning and just kept evolving. Right. And right. and and it seems like you were learning about yourself through this process. Yes. The whole point when you start everything in the world, you kind of start with a facade. Like it, it becomes like, oh, this is my, the best version of what I, what I like, or this is the best version of me. But slowly as this becomes your life, as you do it every day, you start realizing my online presence should match my offline presence. So me offline should be the same as me online. And so I think that's, so we have this process of trying to make those two worlds mirror each other so that when you meet me offline, you don't say, oh, wow, Nasdaily has a lot less energy than on the videos or something like that. You know, so there are some things that I have offline that I haven't shared online yet, which is hopefully one day I get to, you know, just purge everything out. Uh, but it really makes you, the first five videos are the hardest, but then after a while, people just say, get used to this. Oh, Nas, yeah, he's the guy that says whatever the, whatever the fuck is on his mind. And so it becomes less offensive and more, oh, it's an opinion. That's interesting. I'll listen to it. So the first five times you do it, be really, really the hardest times. But after that, I started talking about religion and Israel and Palestine left and right. And I don't give a shit. You know, it's like, it's awesome to be able to put yourself out there and nobody tries to stop you in a way. Yeah. And you talk about um, the Israel-Palestine thing uh, a bit in your book. Uh, by the way, I should have mentioned in the beginning, I'll, do, I'll, I'll redo an intro and say, but do, you also <laughs> just came out with a book, Around the World in 60 Seconds, The Nas Daily Journey, 1,000 Days, 64 Countries, One Beautiful Planet by Nasser Nas Yassin. Uh, did I say your that. name right? Nasser No Yassin. sire. Like, yes, <laughs> no, sire, no, no sire. No sire slash Nas Yassin. And uh, in the book, you mentioned, and, and, and you have a video about this one scene where you're in um, Israel and you, you talk to an Israeli person who completely sort of neg is, is negating your existence because you're Palestinian. And then his sister shows up and she's like, why are you even talking to a Palestinian? And, you know, it took you a few weeks to put that video up. I think you were, I don't know if you were torn or whatever, but it took you a few weeks to put that video right. up. So you do comment on this without making it a central focus of what you were doing. And I think you even got some criticism for not making it a central focus. Although I'm, I am on your side of like the, the planet was your focus. So rather than yeah. one, you know, this situation that's obviously very important to you, but you know, there's, uh, there's lots of important issues. So, right, right, but it was right. very, very interesting video and, and story in the book. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was one of the things I wish I never had to make for those that don't know the story is like, it's basically an encounter between like a Jewish and a Muslim, and I was the Muslim in this case. And you can, can you kind of can you can see it on camera where Jews and Muslims hate each other, but simply by saying you know you're of one person of one kind, then the other person starts hating you and telling you that you shouldn't be or you shouldn't be proud of it or or like you know you're stupid. So so it happens. Muslims do it to Jews. Jews do it to Muslims. I happen to have captured it on camera when it happened to me. So, so, so a Jewish uh, ortho, ultra orthodox Jewish girl saying that to me, it was, uh, it was, uh, it was sad. I don't want to be known as the guy from Israel and Palestine. 
I, I want to be known as the guy who is from from, from planet Earth. Um, but but that video was, I think, uh, a defining uh, career making video in a way uh, because it really re- it's that video reached like seventy million people, and it's the one video that everybody keeps repeating when they meet me and say that video is the one I remember that video. So in a way, it, that video promoted tolerance and acceptance as like, oh, like like in a way like let's not do this to each other kind of thing. Um, and I, and I'm and I'm glad it happened, but I hope I hope I don't have to do it again. But, you know, it's interesting. It reached 70 million people. Do you ever get the urge to let your audience, or how did you resist the urge to let your audience start dictating what types of videos you should do? Because then the urge would be, okay, let's go to another high stakes, (laughs) racial, political moment and do a video about it. Well, at the end of the day, you do have to be data driven. At the end of the day, you do want to make videos that resonate with, with people, right? That's success. So... I do notice sometimes the audience does push me in directions that I'm okay for the ride. I'll, I'll, I'll join for the ride, right? Like, like environmentalism, okay? Environmentalism, environmentalism does super well on Facebook. And I'm like, that's fine. Let's make more of these videos because these videos actually do make the world better at the end of the day. And I do agree with them, right? But there's some videos that are like, that are the divisive, the ones that are sensitive, the ones where it pits one group on, next to another. Those videos do pretty well as well. But those are the ones you say, okay, I'm not fine. We probably shouldn't um, do that. And also at the end of the day, if you show boobs and asses on a video, it'll get some views, right? So that's that's obviously another urge you always have to resist to not show women or men, but mostly women in a sexual manner. You can show a woman in, on the beach, that's fine. We're not like crazy conservative, but you shouldn't do it in a sexual manner um, in a way to make, to make someone a sexual object because that really does do well. Um, but you know, so you have to resist the urge in a way. And so, so again, like uh, a thousand days, uh, along the way you're changing your role in the videos are changing. Like, you know, it's almost like in the beginning you had a much more conversational tone, but then later on you were like, Hey, it's Nas. And uh, (laughs) you know, you started like, uh, I love how you, it's one of the big, best surprises of my day is that you've been following this journey. I had no idea. Yeah, at first. I'm so happy. I mean, years ago, at first I was like, oh, these videos are good. And it's every, I seem to see them every day. <laughs> like I didn't know the story at all. And they're good and they're short. So to your point, a minute, two minutes, you know, they're easy to watch. And oh, he's really, he's really creating a show. Like, you know, so many people get obsessed with Hollywood, like, how am I going to pitch a show to, you know, the eight, you know, blah, blah, blah channel like that has 30,000 viewers, you know, on any particular half hour. And you were getting like 10, 15, 20 million views on a video. You really created your own TV network practically. In a way, in a way, though, though I do have to end this with a sad note at the end of the day, people like me, even when we have this stuff, we're still going back to the networks. Uh, to like pitch shows and 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 to be on TV because, man, I hate it. I hate having. I hate, I wish I didn't have to do this. But for some reason, there is a little bit of like Anthony Bourdain. Like he didn't get one million. He probably got like twenty million views, uh, for each of his shows. And so that kind of level of reach. I'm I'm noticing that even Facebook has some of its limits. Like I go meet people. And, and they say, oh, yeah, I make videos, oh, you know, 20 million, 4 billion views, you know, expecting them to have seen it. And I was like, like a cocky kind of guy. That's a cocky Nas. And they're like, who are you? <laughs> you know, they're like, I have never seen any of your videos. And I'm like, 
that's a reminder that the world is in silos, right? All of China doesn't know Nas Daily. And apparently there's some audience in the United States that is not on Facebook yet. So I still want to, in the truth of you know open transparency, I still want to try to reach those people through a book. This is why we made the book. I want to reach the older audience and also maybe through TV shows in the future. Uh, because really this message does need to reach everybody. Right, but at the same time, when you're creating your own show on Facebook, you get to choose completely your content. You don't have yes. to pitch. You just, to make a TV show, as you probably know by now, you have to pitch an agent, and then you have to convince a production company. And then you, the agent and the production that. company, yeah. have to go to maybe 20 networks, and you have to convince the low-level people there who then, for your category, you have to convince the head of alternative programming. And then he has to convince the head of content who has to convince That's the insane. CEO. And then at any point, if each, if any one of these people just switches jobs, you're done. <laughs> like you have wow. to start from scratch. Man, the way you stole it, yeah, it makes it look impossible to get those shows. It's very hard, I think. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is a little bit depressing. Uh, uh, but yeah, anyway, you're right. Uh, again, then, then the alternative thing is here's what you should do. You should just make videos, put them on Facebook or YouTube or whatever, get 20 million views. One of them will be the executive producer of that channel, of that network, and you'll just get to the top by finding that executive while he's pooping and scrolling his Facebook, and then you pop up. And you're like, hey, what's up, man? You know, yeah. I'm with you in your most private areas and your most private times, and I have this instant connection to you. And that's it. That's all you need to get a show. Uh, I like your your description of why you use Facebook instead of YouTube. You do? Yeah, which is basically because Facebook has community and YouTube. It's YouTube. There's community also, but yeah. it's much more. It's it's much more about Celebrity community kind of. on Facebook. The man, I I so I've been testing out YouTube, and everybody talks about YouTube. So I tested it out a little bit. I'm testing it to see, okay, what is the engagement? What are the comments? What is it? I am yet to get a single YouTube video, a comment, YouTube comment on one of my videos that I think has value. Hmm. All the comments that I'm reading, and maybe I'm not reading the right comments, are like people trying to be funny, people trying to say jokes, people trying to point out, you know, stupid things. And it's like there's no like, and everybody's a username, right? So Casanova Love 1993 is commenting. Saddam Hussein is commenting, and it's like you don't know who's who because you can make a fake name. But on Facebook, it's like I see the comments and it's like real stories, real people, real profile pictures, real jobs, real countries. And they say things that makes me think. And that's, this is why I really love Facebook. You know, it's, it's interesting. It reminds me of, so, so Peter Thiel has written how when you start a business, it should be a monopoly. Uh, you don't want to, you really don't want to compete because you want profits and you'll get the most profits if you're a monopoly. So I asked him, well, Facebook, when when Facebook started, there was MySpace, there was Friendster, there was all these social media companies around. And he's like, no. And he's just very, you know, interesting the way he talks. But, and I was like, well, how was Facebook a monopoly? And he says, Facebook was the only social network with confirmed identity. So, and that oh, really made the difference. That is interesting. Yeah. Confirmed identity is exactly what I love. In fact, this, this through Facebook, this is how I was able to find my girlfriend. Right through because the confirmed identity, I was she was able to see my profile. I was able to see her profile. What? I said not a catfish. <laughs> not a catfish. There's no catfishing on Facebook. Right, because you could. You, she made a comment. She wanted to like t uh, show you around, and you looked her up, and of course, like any guy, and you said, "Oh, she's pretty." No, no, yes. no, no. I fell in love with the way she wrote. I, she's prettier on the inside, even. <laughs> 
I write in a very funny way, full of like weird sentence structures and capital letters. So beyond the looks which millions of girls have, you know, there's the yeah. odd writing style which is useful. I've never I've never met a woman that capitalizes everything she says. So you capitalized every word because you you implied that in the in the book actually you you, you capitalized every word. If you go to my conversations with close friends, everything is capitalized. Back and forth, even just like, hello, how are you? When are you visiting me? Like everything is capitalized. Also, another signal that I found was she, she, she said, oh, you went to North Korea. I want to go to North Korea so badly. And that, that for, for, some pe- for many people, this is like, oh, whatever. She, she wants to visit a country. But w- w- when I went to North Korea, my entire group was men. It was just men who are interested in North Korea, who want to do the extreme travel. And then, and then she said that. And I was like, oh, wow, well, she, she likes North Korea. And then <laughs> let's be together in a way because not many people are interested in North Korea. I'm surprised North Korea would let you in. It's like, oh, I want to videotape everything I see in your <laughs> extremely private country that doesn't allow anybody to videotape anything. Thing. Oh, come right in. <laughs> <laughs> North Korea is actually a lot easier to enter than most Americans uh, uh, think. Actually, for Americans now, it's hard because of the recent stuff. But for any other person, it's pretty easy to enter. You just cannot leave the bus. You cannot be on your own. So you're with two guys and you're surrounded by propaganda every single minute of every single day. So in that case, North Korea is amazing, right? Because everybody thinks it's amazing because it looks amazing from where you're visiting. You don't have any freedom there once you're actually there. And then, and then, again, um, back to you becoming more emotive in each video. What what role did that play? How did you see that influencing the views? Why did you make that creative decision? What's emotive? What is that? Like, mean? like uh, you were like more angry? instead of like, hey, it's today's day one. Hey, hey it's today. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like literally, you were typing on your computer. Today's day one. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hope yeah, you yeah. join me. The <laughs> following video is about Singapore. Yeah. I actually, it's because personally, I myself have become more extreme. Mm-hmm. I thought this journey would make me more, you know, cool, chill, relaxed. No, no. This video made me more of a more of a Stalin, you know, more of a more of a like angry, angry, angry person. I mean, like, angry not in the sense like you know hate immigrants, but more angry in the sense like you must fucking see this place and you must visit now because it's amazing, right? And I and I I, I just you know you become a little bit more frustrated because you're on this journey to see and share the good, and as you're going there to see the good, you must see the bad, and you're encountering the bad, and now. I don't want to be one of these people who goes to uh, to to Africa and just does the normal spiel that everybody did about Africa: famine in Africa, poverty. Oh, look, you know, you know, HIV, AIDS. I didn't want to do that because I I wanted to show a little bit of a different side that is not yet covered, not covered as much. I wanted to be like the positive propaganda, right, rather than the normal propaganda, which is all negative. Um, and so all seeing all this bad on my journey to show the good has made me more angry, more assertive, more more frustrated. It's like, Jesus fucking Christ, you know, when like when can we all be as efficient with our trash as Singapore is? When can we all be as free as Americans are, as 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 happy as Filipinos are, you know? And so like that's like it's like desire for more is the reason why I became more assertive. And also, I think you started to see, and I don't know when you started to see this, but you started to see that your videos could affect change. So you say like uh, the 28 million views on a video is, might not be as valuable in some 
kind of cost-benefit analysis as 100,000 views <laughs> for the Kardashians. Yeah. But for in terms of affecting change, Correct. still each person's a real person. So like a great example is is the Malaysian guy. Correct. Maybe you describe that that story. So he's so he's a so he's a Syrian refugee who was stuck in a, in an airport in Malaysia. Um, he didn't have anywhere to go because weird loophole. But he doesn't have a passport. He doesn't want to join the army. He doesn't want to go to Syria. So he was stuck. He cannot enter Malaysia and he cannot leave it. Right. So he was working in the UAE. He was he was drafted into the Syrian army. Right. And and the, so he 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 kind of had to. His UAA visa was up. He couldn't renew it because they knew he was drafted in the, in the Syrian embassy. So he went to Malaysia uh, and he couldn't leave there because they would have thrown him in jail or detention camp. And so so why didn't they just arrest him in the airport? Uh, because he didn't enter the country. Well, technically it's you can't, right? Because I, 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 that's not Malaysia, right? I think the minute you enter immigration is when it's... Ah, uh, I see. Right? I, you're stuck in the terminal, right? So you're kind of no man's land. Yeah. Uh, so that's where he was for six months, and he, his passport was taken away. So he had nothing, nothing, he had nothing, and nowhere to go, and nobody to talk to. Pretty much. But what he did have is Twitter. Mm -hmm. So he went on his Twitter, he went on his Instagram, and he started sharing the story of what's happening to him every day. Uh, you know, he was, he was, you know, he had around ten, twenty thousand followers. He got a few, a little bit of media from Vice and and BBC, uh, but it was articles. Then we came and made that big video, and to our surprise, a lot of people in Malaysia use Facebook. And a lot of people around the world use Facebook and in Canada. And so we made that video saying, look at this guy. He's in a terrible situation. Um, you know, we need to, uh, like so something needs to happen to get him out of that airport. Six. We all hate airports after one hour. Well, and he the, was there for six months. Six months. And it's fascinating to see how he learned to live yes. in the airport. He was just living underneath like uh, an escalator, right? And yes. on this mat. So that's one of the, also one of the hardest videos to make because I'm not allowed inside Malaysia. So I cannot go and film him. So I had to send my friend Aegon. And so Aegon went from Singapore to Malaysia, went into the terminal, shot him discreetly. And then the, two hours later, he got a flight out back to Singapore. And I just shot the face shots in Singapore. Then we put it together in the same day and we launched it. Uh, so it was kind of like one of our, uh, you know, <laughs> we like to be proud of it, but actually it made a lot of people angry. Uh, so after the video launched, uh, he went to jail. Uh, it Did was, you, yeah, he 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 disappeared for a while, right? Like you could, he was posting daily on Twitter for a while, yes. and then suddenly nothing. Did you feel like a little like, uh oh, did I yes. did I get him in trouble? I uh, well, because the Malaysian authorities were not happy of this negative publicity around it. Uh, they didn't like the fact that part of it is also I'm Israeli, so I, you know, I'm Palestinian Israeli, but I'm still an Israeli passport holder. So they didn't like that either. And so he went to jail because he was causing them too much trouble. And we're not the only ones. We just happened to be the biggest video about him. But there's some of a BBC and Vice and all that stuff. Uh, but our video kind of pushed them to the limits. And then I started to have a self-reflection and feeling bad. It's like, we need to be a little bit more responsible. We need to be, uh, we need to understand the consequence of these videos and what can happen. Now, for two months, we thought that we were the reason he's going to die, but eventually, that video ended up expediting his journey from thirty-six months waiting to get into Canada to two months. So he went through a two-month intensive like sadness and like like solitary confinement, and then Canada because of this situation ended up expediting his application, and now he's in Canada, loving his life. Have you followed up with him since Canada? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, we're we're in constant touch, uh, and uh, you know, we we tried to help as much as possible. Actually, we went to Canada and we tried to talk to the immigration minister um, to tell him, like, look, we like what's happening to him. You know, it's a little bit of a yeah. It, it was tough times, uh, but you know, again, would I do that video again? I think I would. I think he would want to make that video again. He understood the risks. And, I, and I, I didn't understand the risks. He understood the risks. And he said, yes, I want to make this video. And uh, yeah, you can't have something good without uh, going through the bad, I guess. Right. And, <laughs> and, and what other videos do you think affected uh, change as much? Or, uh, or not even as much? You know, people say, that's the thing, right? It's like, if I, if, if I move this bottle from here to here, someone can come and say, this changed my life. This movement changed my life. Now it's up to you to decide if that is truly a life-changing event. So my videos were good. I don't know if they changed people's lives, but you get those emails that said because of your videos and now I, I'm still alive. Now I'm back with my boyfriend or my, my girlfriend. So in a way, this change is happening across the world in the millions. People quit their jobs, people do things, people, you know, all this stuff. But can I quantify it? Can I say my videos change 50 people's lives? I cannot, and I cannot claim to have. Um, I know the videos change some people's lives that we made videos about, like a person in Sri Lanka who uh, got a lot more business because of our video. A university, we made a video about a university. For 10 years, they had 5,000 students. After our video, we told the story of them they got 15,000 students within a month because of the exposure. So, Oh, yeah. What's the, the university of the of people? Of the people. Yeah. yeah. I love you, James. That is incredible. <laughs> How the hell do you know all this stuff? I watch your videos. <laughs> hey, you know more about me than my mom. <laughs> I, and I was surprised because I had never heard it. I'm really into the idea of moving the college campus to online. You are. I think it's, it'll, save, it'll save the U.S. a trillion and a half dollars. Like so many... It, so many people in the U.S. are just, you know, your your generation is like bogged down by too much debt, and so something like the University Correct. of the People is very Correct. valuable. That's the whole point. And so, so the guy who started it reached out and he said, "Hey, man, like you should make a video about my university." And I was like, "What? What do you do?" <laughs> and then he said he explained the prospect and what this could actually mean. And I, I fell in love. And then we made that video and that literally changed the trajectory of the university and the students that are now able to get an education without going into debt. Because I think, you know, the reason I got hired at Venmo is because I have a Harvard degree, not because I have a Harvard education. Mm. And so I think a lot of the world right now is like, man, we love labels. We love them. Oh, were you on the Today Show? Oh, were you on Oprah's list for books? Oh, are you New York Times? But we, I love the labels. You love the Everybody loves some label. And I think because labels might be a shortcut for yes. people deciding if you have the skills. De-risking. But, but I do feel that we are moving because of so much transparency and exposure through you know social media and the internet. We are moving, I hope, to an area where people recognize skills more than labels. But I don't know if we'll get there. Until that day comes, some people need a university education. I mean, like like my friend Aegon. Is Aegon here? 
I want to get the man. Well, he's one of the hardest working people. He went to like actually get to do some work. He's one of the hardest working people I met and he's one of the smartest people I met and uh, he's 30 years old. He's the reason my videos are so good and and we tried to go to Singapore and then we almost were like, shit, you don't have a college degree. You literally just don't have a degree and Singapore doesn't like that. Like we need, <laughs> you know, you know, you may not even get into Singapore because Singapore appreciates college degrees and this whole like Harvard or Yale or whatever. And it's like, what the fuck is this world? You know, it's like no one uh, shouldn't be allowed to enter, uh, apply for a job because they don't have a college degree because they can have a better college education in real life than anyone else at Harvard. Yeah, think about, think about if someone just watches, I, I was thinking this, uh, yesterday actually p p while while thinking about this podcast think about if someone just watches your thousand videos that's like a college degree and i gets the book reads I, the book I, i'm not i'm not even trying to to pander to the videos here but you go through so many countries and problems and issues and solutions and how to come up with solutions and just the concept that you yourself could go out and create something that had never existed before rather yeah. than being chosen to do this you, you did it on your own you know that, in a sense, is a, is is what you would hope for in a college education. But the interesting thing is, I invited several of my daughters to this podcast, and I said, "Take the day off from school." And several they all had to of go to your school. daughter. How many daughters do you have? I have four daughters okay. and a son. Oh, very, very so, <laughs> I've invited tens of my daughters, <laughs> <laughs> dozens from my harem. So very cool. So, but they all were, kept going to went to high school instead because they're all worried about getting into college. Insane. Yeah, insane. So this is why I like University of the People is because it gives you an education that you need, but it also gives you a degree. So you can use that as a springboard to do crazier, better, bigger things. Without a degree, the job, your boss will never look at you as an applicant. Right, but think about you, right? The, the degree was good for one thing, yes. getting you a job at Venmo, which uh, you quit. Other things too, other things, yeah, other things. But yes, you're right, the degree... Like you, you'll never use the degree again, really. Yes. <laughs> And and I've always had this moral problem with it because you know I was wearing this Harvard T-shirt and going around New York and 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 Boston and around the world and be like, yeah, I'm a Harvard student, you know, like like deriving respect from the Harvard brand. But then I asked myself, did I build the Harvard brand or am I using the success of the alumni of Harvard to make people think of me better? Because the minute I wear it, they say, oh, you're you're like Obama, right? Or like you're like Mark Zuckerberg, right? You both went to Harvard. And so I'm using Zuckerberg's success to get respect from people that I meet on the street. That's ridiculous. And I also use the Harvard brand to get my job and to to uh, to, 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 to get a lot of things in my life. At some point, I realized it's time to build your own brand rather than piggyback on someone else's brand. And this is one of the motivations of building the Nas Daily brand, and this is why I don't change my T-shirt, because I never want people to respect me for things I didn't do. And so I want you to like me for the videos that I made, not for the videos that someone else made. Right, so that's an evolution that I think is happening or should happen to people younger and younger, and, and I think is happening younger and younger, where... Yes, maybe the degree is good for that first job or two. You you started a couple of companies before Venmo. Maybe you, I don't know if you raised money or did what or got some advantages because of the degree. But, uh, and those companies, by the way, didn't work out. Although I liked, I liked the idea of the social media search engine. Yeah, uh, I think that but, still deserves to exist. 
Someone hasn't built it yet. That someone needs to build it, man. Yeah. How many friends do you have on Facebook? You have a lot of friends. Actually, I'm one of your followers on Facebook. Did you know that? I, I did. I know that. While I was five years ago, six, way before Nasty, yeah. I was like, I need to follow people that like, you know, like, like put their mind out there. Mm -hmm. they, they speak, they, they blog. And, and I don't know how your name came up. It must have been also on Facebook. <laughs> yeah. Right. And I've just been following ever since and all about your, you know, all capitalized titles and yeah. the blog posts. So, um, you like that all capitalized thing. It's <laughs> well, it gets me to stop scrolling. Yeah, yeah this exactly. is also over capitalized things. Uh, what was I trying to say? Uh, just that the social media search engine. I yeah. have lots of. How many friends do you have? I think you have like 5,000 friends, I have right? 5,000 friends. You have the friends, limit. Yeah. And then on a public, between, not as much as you now, of course, but between public page and private page, maybe 400,000 followers, something like that. Amazing. But if you look at your personal friends, right? I have 3,000, you have 5,000. Like, how many of your friends are software engineers? You I don't, don't know. know. You can only remember two of them on top of your mind. How many of your friends live in New York? You have a party, okay? Invite your friends that are in New York. How many can you remember? 10. Yeah. And then 50 of them are your Facebook friends, but they don't know. You need that search engine. Someone needs to build it. Facebook had graph search. Graph search was that. I was using it when I was traveling. I would type in pianists that live in Amsterdam. I love that. And then they canceled it. They canceled it, yeah. I really because of privacy issues? Why did they cancel that? I think it's because it gives you more, too much power over the platform. Yeah. I guess once they canceled it, you had to pay to reach those people. So <laughs> it was a moneymaker for them. Well, maybe, maybe that's one of them, yeah. Because now you can make an ad and say, I want people in Amsterdam who play the piano. Yeah, yeah. I guess more of a business use now yeah. than, uh, than a personal use. I think that's why organic reach went way down on Facebook because it became much more lucrative for them. Now I have to pay for that reach. That, I cannot agree with you, James. I'm sorry, I cannot. I, okay, I, tell me. You I, I, look, I'm, I'm the most biased person you'll uh. talk to about this topic. Uh. Um, and you're the expert. <laughs> I guess I use Facebook for a thousand days every day, right? Um, I mean, no, meeting the people, like I, like I met the leadership at Facebook and I'm like, I look at them in the eyes and I see, I don't see, like I feel like I have a good people radar. Mm -hmm. I don't see like uh, ill will. I don't see profit maximizing. I, I just, mm -hmm. I don't see, like it's, it's like you, okay. So I, it's like, it's, it's as if you now coming to me and say, oh, did you start Nas Daily to make money? And I'd be like, no, James, you, you out of all people know that like these stories are bigger than money. The vision is bigger than money. And we need to really this get reach everybody in the world rather than make as much money in the world. And so I think the Facebook leadership is doing that. They need to, they're maximizing user well-being. Um, and then the money uh, came because you just have attention. It's a, it's a side product. But I don't think they actively said, Let's not show posts from the New York Times because we want them to pay. Because then else, why did they give me a million views overnight, right? Mm. That meaningful social interaction, all it meant is that all these news agencies are making crap content. Mm. And Facebook just said, you want to show crap content to users, you have to pay. That's what all ads are, mm. crap content. And the good content is always rising to the top on Facebook. Yeah, that's so interesting. So what, what you're paying for is to the, put crap content. Right. Yeah, you're not paying you're not paying to kind of spread your word. You're paying to have permission to have subpar content. Yes. That's, that's, that's what an interesting doing. way to look at it. They just wanted to have a if I have a home, every souvenir in my home, I want it to be a good souvenir. I want it to be a good content. And it's like, who are you to come to my home and tell me 
that you must have this stupid rock from Albania uh, in your home. Like, no, this is subpar. I don't want it in my home. You want to put this rock in my home? You got to pay me. <laughs> so, so, but you know, it's interesting. What, 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 another thing you just said there that was interesting was that kind of the making money is a, a, a side effect or a byproduct. And yes. I think if you create anything of quality, at some point there reaches a point where A, you have to make money just to support this creation of quality that you're making. And B, you might as well make a living at it. Other people Correct. are allowed to make a living working for other people who are building huge things. Correct. Why can't you do it? So, and and I love the section in the book, just in general, I love the idea that transparency <laughs> I knew buys, about that section. Uh, 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 transparency buys uh, freedom to some extent. Transparency yeah. buys uh, audience, but not not so directly. But it buy it buys you the freedom to be able to talk about these topics that are often taboo. Right. And, and you're so transparent throughout the videos, but then you're transparent in the in the book. And you said specifically you're going to be transparent about uh, you know money, religion, politics. You're also transparent about relationships. I don't know why you didn't include that in this chapter. Uh, because someone said um, there's three things we don't talk about in the United States: money, religion, and politics. And so that's, I, I remember that line from 10 years ago. And I should have, you know what? I should have said money, religion, politics, sex. <laughs> that's what I should have done. <laughs> that's funny. Because, for the next book, for the next book. Yeah, next book. We could do a book all about relationships. <laughs> uh, well, actually, your latest video uh, about uh, the, the friendship zone is very much, uh, not, it's not about sex, but it's about, uh, you know, it, it takes this self-help, I hate to use the word trope, and rather than you just kind of spitting out wisdom uh you again you tell a story and you My have story, uh, this yeah. very visual way of describing it and i'll let people watch the video but uh you know it's it's great how transparent you were so with with money you started off with money and you very specifically say in january 2019 <laughs> the day you end the thousand days you have nine hundred fifty thousand dollars. and was that from selling the shirts? Was that from some kind of sponsorships? Like, how did you? Because you started the journey with sixty thousand dollars. Correct. So uh, money, money is super interesting. Uh, one of the one of the websites I was uh, I was helping my friend uh, build was called uh, Naked Salaries, and the whole idea is that you sign up, and then and then you tell the world how much you're making. And so back then I signed up. I said Venmo, software engineer, one twenty. I don't give a fuck. Everybody should know the numbers. Uh, but, I mean, the numbers are not to be like it's not, so. So when I had that money, I was transparent with it. And so it only makes sense to be consistent. So when you have more money, you're also transparent with it. Um, the way the way Nas Daily made money, and I'll tell you what, anyone with 14 million followers on YouTube has $10 million. Um, the way I think of it is like, money is a guaranteed side effect if you have attention. Uh, so if you, if, you, if you optimize for money, you will lose attention. If you optimize for attention, you will get money. And so well, we started this video. This, That's a great this, quote. Thank you. So I started this journey uh, with, so I wanted to save enough money to live in New York for a year without a job. That was $40,000 in cash, $20,000 in 401k. Uh, for me, that was enough to live for one year and find out a different job, a different life in one year. That's how much I trust myself with to find a different job. Um, uh, and then I realized, shit, you know, this money can go 10 years in Kenya rather than one year in New York. So I escaped, right? <laughs> so in a way, uh, now you're traveling and I'm actually saving money by traveling because I'm not paying $1,600 in rent. I'm paying $10 for a hostel. Um, 
Okay, so I started depleting the money and then you get different jobs, $200 to fly the drone, $200 to uh, do this video. So you start saving up your costs. Then Facebook introduces ads. So you start putting an ad in the middle of the video, kind of like YouTube ads. Uh, you start making $2,000 a month from that, enough to cover your costs. And, and I'm the kind of guy who I don't need more than 10 bucks a day. Like when I was traveling to just like food and like I don't change my, I don't, I don't, I don't buy clothes. I don't buy anything. I'm not a, like I don't like materialism. So, uh, so you're making two thousand dollars a month. Then you're like, okay, and then you start getting more views. So every one million views, you start making a thousand dollars, seven hundred to a thousand dollars, something like that. So, so then, then, um, which is nice because you don't have to change the content to make the money. You just have to get your story as heard as much as possible, and then money is a side effect. Then you started making around. $30,000 from that. Then it went up to like $60,000 uh, from the ads on, on the Facebook page. Again, other people can make 200 to 300 to 400. I am not an example of like, you know, the most you can get out of this because there's some videos I just didn't want to put ads on. Okay, so $60,000. Then people start watching the videos and they say, why don't you come speak at my conference? Then you say, I don't have time. Then they say, why don't I give you money? Then you say, how much? Then they say twenty thousand. Then you say hell yeah. <laughs> then the next you know someone says I'll give you twenty thousand. You say okay, that's my price. Then someone says I'm going to give you forty thousand. That's my price. <laughs> when, whenever someone gives you more money, that's the new price. Hmm. Um, and then speaking engagements become part of your sort of income. Um, and that's sort of how how personally I was able to make money and get to the to the nine sixty. But then after that, we started making a company now with my friends. Uh, the company is like basically it's like a studio. We make videos for other companies, and it's the same thing. Someone sees our videos, they say, "I want a video like that," and then I say, "Okay, how much do you want to pay?" They say five k. I said, "That's the price." Then twenty k. That's the price. <laughs> so so then you start making money, and so we started making. Uh, uh, you know, two to three million dollars a year um, from the company uh, to make videos for other people, and nothing has changed. Nothing has I the same happiness I had when I had, you know, two k in the bank as a college student, is the same that I have now. The same clothing, the same everything. Just I guess what else has improved? Just um, hotel in New York. Yeah, just the hotel. And even that, I mean, New York hotels are so expensive. No, and hotels, what has improved since we had money? Uh, less stress. Like, it's more like the lack of something, like the lack of stress that comes with, oh, should I buy this? Can I buy this? Can, what if I miss my flight? I can't pay for a new flight. Yeah, so less stress. I think the now people I... People who work for us, that's the biggest change. People, yeah. We have people working. That's yes. a big difference. Being able, but that's also a source of stress. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. probably, you know, less <laughs> than before. Different kind of stress. Being able to pay other people's uh, salaries is good. I think one the most noticeable change I've noticed since I had this money is now I go to restaurants and I order two entrees instead of one. <laughs> Bam! Because I feel like, oh, I want to taste this meal a little bit, but I, I don't want to pay yeah. for it. So now I just buy two entrees. Right, it doesn't matter. That's it. So, But it's interesting, though. I think in part of that, the philosophy comes down from optimizing you don't optimize for money to get attention i think you can i think there's a danger of spending attention to get money when you optimize too much for money and if you up if you always keep firm yeah. with the optimizing for attention i think the money is a good 
byproduct. It's like an yes. automatic byproduct. Like automatic. you say, people will call you and they're begging you to take their money to do a speaking engagement or make right. a video or put uh, an ad in. And right. it's not selling out as long as you're optimizing for attention, as long exactly. as you're sticking to your point of view and your message and, and so on. It's an incredible equilibrium hmm. where you don't have to. Now, the only thing I've actually sold in this entire journey is um, now I'm pushing really hard to sell the books because actually this one, I don't get that much money from it. Actually, 90% of the proceeds go to the, all the middlemen and all that stuff um, because this one is actually has a good message that needs to be pushed forward. The t-shirts, I tried selling them for a little bit and I was like, man, what the hell are you doing? You're like a t-shirt salesman now. You're like, you're like selling t-shirts. Oh, medium or large, what do you want? You know, it's like, no, I don't want to be a t-shirt salesman. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I don't push it anymore. You know? I have I have my own T-shirt. Look, oh cool, the James Altucher show. Right, how much you sell it for? I don't sell it. <laughs> We've been debating it though, but now after you say that, maybe not. Yeah, you shouldn't. Uh, you shouldn't. So so I even wrote my my list of my list of ten ideas for today is the ten things I've learned from from you. Uh, I'm gonna see if there's anything uh, uh, that I've that I've missed here. Uh, I think I think actually, and we talked about this, but I think the idea of that a one minute video could take you six hours to create. People underestimate that. 10 to 12. Yeah, so so people don't realize how hard it is to be committed to creating something good. Correct. And 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 you've seen it. Like you've, you had to, you, a big chunk of your day each day. It wasn't like you were traveling around like, hey, this is great, I'm on the pyramids, see me now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the so, shorter the video, the harder it is to make, hmm. which is very counterintuitive. I believe it because you look. We're we're doing this in a stand-up club. The the t tighter the one-liners are harder to write. That ah. one-liner jokes are harder to write than like a whole story. Joke. Exactly. Imagine if we had to summarize this whole conversation to like three minutes. Yeah. What the hell are we gonna say? I I would focus on consistency, transparency, <laughs> and that's what I would focus on. But there's so many so many other things. Right. Yeah. And and. And I think also the Would you the, cut the money part? You probably we would cut the money part, right? And then you have to say, Oh, do I cut this That's part? That's the best part. You can't cut the money part. Do we yeah, you can't it? cut the money part. But but I would be incentivized to cut it because really I'm interested in I'm I guess what am I interested in? I'm interested in the artistic part, which is how does one do what you did and, and create such a large following because the, the quality is so great. And then there's the idea that you chose this path and it was probably scary at first and and you ended up creating your own life as opposed to just showing up for work at Venmo every day. So that that's such a critical lesson and again it relates to the to the university discussion like people don't have to follow that normal path. If 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 they're willing to do these other things like persistency and and consistency and and transparency and and putting in the 10 hours to 1 minute ratio they're going to be able to create the life they want, but not many people are willing to do that. Yeah, I concur. <laughs> and so, so uh, Nas from Nas Daily around the world in sixty seconds. I would have to say, even if you haven't watched a single Nas video, the book is great because we see your story interwoven between all your stories of the different videos or, or of the videos that you decide to, to write about in this. It's such a it's such a valuable book for anybody who wants to create their own life or bring their own vision to life. And it also shows that you can bring a vision to life. Like what, what skills did you have to, to do this? And yet you became the best in the world at it. 
I, I, I believe in jumping in the pool from the deep si- end of the pool. I believe in jumping from the deep side. And in the process, you learned the skills. It wasn't like you had this amazing talent to be like this TV host. Maybe you did, but or this video host. But you you could see throughout the thousand videos, you, yeah. you evolved, your relationships evolved. Yeah. I again, I just love the transparency. Whenever my my favorites were always whenever you and Eileen were were on camera <laughs> talking about your relationship. That's and, funny. And like I was like, I would say to my wife, "Hey, look at this. They're <laughs> they look at what they're doing." And, Do you have the same problems? <laughs> Well, some of them, but it's just funny that you were kind of arguing on <laughs> during the video. So let me ask you this. How many years have you been married? Uh, less than one. Less than one? Yeah. Okay, how many, okay, how many days? Your argument is moved. We just had our one-year anniversary of our first date because we got married very quickly. So uh, mm-hmm. we, were, we, were, we were only dating for a few weeks and then we got married. Why did you have to get married then? Uh, I, we wanted to. Why? That's it. Well, we have, she had three kids. I have two kids. So it's a way of kind of like, it's a nice thing of bringing a family together. And I'm 51 years old. You kind of are, are a different place in your life. Then you sort of know what you want and what you value. And it was a little easier to make the decision. Oh, amazing. So, I, mean, I was going to ask you, how many months were good? How many months were bad? Uh, all the months have been good. Wow, incredible. So first year still. So <laughs> Yeah, first you know. year. Michelle Obama said she, well, she was married to Barack Obama for 20 years or so. She said, what, if half of them were good? No, it was way lower. It if a third of them were good, then you have a good marriage. Wow, so that's like a baseball player. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Full circle, man. Yeah. Well, again, Ness, I really appreciate it. I hope you come on again. I know you're, Thank you, you're man. On, your, on your book tour now. You got to do what you got to do. Around the world in 60 seconds, the Nas Daily Journal, jur- the Nas Daily Journey, a thousand days, 64 countries, beautiful planet, one beautiful planet, noose, no, si- <laughs> no, no, sir. No, sire. No, sire. Nas Yassin. Y A S S I N. Thanks so much for coming on the James, podcast. It's an honor. Great to meet you in person after yeah, so here. many years of friendship. Excellent. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. 